I couldn't have told you where I was in the state of Georgia at that time. And you're just walking along or running along. You get to see the world in a different way when you're when you're running and walking for hours on end. Because I was also eating Rice Krispie treats like they were going out of style. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Jason Dennis here, and I uh, hope you are doing well, and I uh, hope it's not too hot for you in the summertime where you are. Maybe you're getting a chance to go running outside. I know my guest uh, does a lot of running, whether it's hot, cold, doesn't matter, right? So uh, he uh, uh, goes out there and uh, gets it done on a regular basis, just like myself. And uh, if you missed the last couple of episodes, we've had two authors on, one a local surgeon, another one a local pastor. Uh, they wrote books about um, um, you know drug addiction and family, another one about church and hypocrisy, so some really deep subjects. And uh, my guest for today is an author of his own destiny as well, uh, very healthy for um, a, uh, um, in your mid-50s, or, or is that right? Mid-50s, yeah. Give, give or take, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Sheed is my guest, and uh, most recently, he ran across Georgia solo. That's right, we're going to talk to him about those 277.2 miles from Jekyll Island near Savannah all the way back here to Columbus, Georgia. Pretty, a very, very impressive feat. Some people do it as teams, 8 to 12 people over the course of several days. He did it, uh, I think, in less than five days. He is currently a software engineer at TSIS, known as Total Systems. And uh, he has an 18-year-old daughter who's about to be 19, so we make sure uh, uh, to give a shout-out to Zoe. Uh, he or she likes watching the TV and, and uh, uh, WTVM. And uh, he says his favorite thing about running is getting to meet so many great people. We're going to talk today about mental toughness when it comes to fitness and long-distance running, which is such a big deal because there's a physical aspect of it, but between your ears is such a, a big deal as well. We're going to talk about some of his favorite races and um, – just you know how and why he got started running. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, are you uh, are you rested up? For, well, this has been like about a month since running across Georgia. You feel like you're back to a hundred percent, or I'm probably about 90 percent. <laughs> still have some aches and pains that creep up, and still get tired real easy, but. Getting, getting back. Yeah. Well, I want to go through kind of that whole process of preparing for and that that uh, several days of running across Georgia by yourself. I mean, you had obviously support, had people that were walking and running with you, but uh, very impressive feat. But uh, first of all, I wanted to talk about, you know, around in your early 40s, because a lot of folks may think, oh, well, I didn't run when I was younger or it's too late to start or um, can I really kind of do you know, these races when I'm, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. So you got started running just like me. Um, I got started in my late thirties and you got started in your early forties. So, uh, why and how did you get started with running? Cause I, I mean, you did a little bit in high school. Um, I started back in my forties. I was looking to, you know, stay in shape and I was working at TSIS, had a desk job and with the desk job, you know, the weight gain comes on. So I was looking to lose weight and a guy I worked with was like, you know, come run with me. So I started running with him and then got interested in 5Ks. So started training for those and worked my way up to a half marathon. And then actually did my first ultra marathon right after I did my first half marathon. So um, sort of got addicted to the, to the longer distances. 
Would you recommend uh, that graduating that quickly to uh, uh, thirty to fifty mile races? Or no, it um, <laughs> it it takes its toll on you. It's a very painful experience. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, at the time, I did not have a coach. I was getting stuff off the internet, trying trying everything out, and so it it was a learning process. It was it was a fun process because to to do a lot of ultras and stuff like that, you you have to travel around Georgia, Alabama, Florida. So I got to meet a lot of people, got to run some in some great places and so but no, I would I would recommend a much slower slower pace. <laughs> did you uh did you face injuries, you know, cuz I mean you were a quote newer runner especially at these longer distances. So were you finding yourself where you had to kind of uh recover from, you know, leg issues or other issues? At first I had some knee issues. And then I sort of changed the way I ran and changed my gait. And so that kind of, they, they went away pretty quick, the knee issues. But I was running mostly trails also. And the difference between road and trail is on a road you're running just straight. I mean, your legs are going straight back and forth. Trails, you're, you're having to dodge rocks and roots. So it was a whole new now my hips hurt. Now my back hurts. Now my ankles. You know, I've rolled my ankle a couple of times and stuff like that. But it the the pains were there. So if I had could go back, I would have taken a much slower approach and sort of figured out what I was doing first instead of learning learning on the job. What is your uh, preference? Do you prefer trail over road or? Yeah, longer distances. I prefer trail. I've done some longer road races, and it just it takes a toll. The, the constant pounding will take a toll on your body. Yeah. And I find out I'm a lot more sore after the road races. Yeah. Now, uh, you were talking about um, you didn't have a coach. You're probably looking at those, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, made-for-everyone plans that were like 10 weeks or 20 weeks long or whatever for marathons or ultras. So did you have you eventually gotten a coach, and has that made a big difference for you? I, I hired a coach. I hired Keena Yutz, who I, I think you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, she she wrote out a plan and she she would keep on me you know you're not you know is there something wrong you're not following the plan and i learned as i followed her plan the stronger you know the stronger i got and the, e- the easier things got but the the advantage of having a coach is that not just to write your plan but you have someone to talk to someone who's done it before or if she doesn't know the answer she knows someone who does so she can you know find out you know, how do I take care of this or what do we need to do here? So, you know, she'll ask around or draw on her own experience as yeah. to what needs to be done. Now, you know, you want spurred it on for you it was the same as me. It was kind of, uh, you know, hey, I'm getting into my 40s and uh, I'm gaining this weight. Uh, and I don't necessarily want to have the quote dad bod. <laughs> I want to, I want to be healthier for my, for my kids as well. And for myself, um, is, is that, is that still, you know, motivation for you or is that switch now the, the why in terms of why you, uh, run so much? It, it is, it, it's still the same. I want to stay in shape, but after a while it becomes, you know, a habit. And so if you, you miss a run you, you you know you you feel like oh I've got I've got to go run you know you, it's like something's missing from your day but also you know it it's a lot of stress release and plus you know you get to run with people talk to people and like I said meet new people and so it's not it's it's more the 
now it's more of like stress release and uh, on top of being trying to be healthy. Yeah. I think some people maybe that are not runners, I tell them sometimes, hey, I go and just kind of it's good fellowship, you know, one-on-one or maybe with a small group or whatever, uh, even if it's a, like a couple hours long run and they're like, well, you can talk to people while you run. I'm like, yeah, it's like almost like going to have coffee with someone or going to go golfing with someone. And I said, you know, because the pace we're running is, quote, conversational pace. Right. People don't kind of understand that. So what would you say to folks that are, you know, maybe, you know, our age, maybe they're in their 40s or 50s and um, they're looking at maybe getting started running or some kind of fitness, newer fitness thing to them. Well, how would you encourage them that, hey, listen, it's not too late to, to get started? I know it's it's never too really too late. Take it slow, you know, um, start easy miles if you if you have to walk a half a mile a day just to get to get going i found that consistency you know get a schedule going get consistent and so it it helps you build you know once you get that routine down and you're like okay i've i've, I've mastered half a mile i can go a mile and it's no no distance is too small to start so i mean my one of my regrets was you know, I thought, okay, I got to run three miles. So first time I went out and ran three miles, my legs hurt for like days. Now I, I didn't, I didn't want to run anymore. So, you know, somebody said, you know, try, try a mile. Let's, let's, let's back up, try half a mile, try a mile. And, you know, cause you don't want to hate it. You just want to, you want to get into the routine. Yeah. And most people, and kind of understanding that, listen, you know, starting slow, you know, is, and, and the way, you know, you kind of doing these ultras and doing run across Georgia where they were going to talk about it, this just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, this takes, you know, months or in, in your case and in a lot of people's case, years of kind of having that foundation of running, right? Right. Um, yeah. The, the ultras, I had to draw on a lot of experience of even like, even in a 5k you, it, it hurts you know you you have issues even the, you know it's a three mile run you still have a lot of issues this hurts why is it hurting all of a sudden something else hurts and so it carries over to to the further races because now you're like okay my ankle's gonna hurt at mile two or my back's gonna start hurting at mile three or something something's gonna hurt at some point in time and you really get to know am i injured or is it just something that hurts something i can push through yeah. It's uh, I mean, and you got to realize the difference between injury and just some aches and pains and fatigue, right? Right. Because that's, that's a fine, it can be a fine line as well. So the one thing that, that I was told is, let's say you roll your ankle, keep going. Um, unless you just absolutely are in so much pain that you cannot move. Just keep going, go for about a quarter mile, half mile. It may work itself out, or it may get to the point where you're just like, okay, it, it hurts a little bit, but I can I can keep going. And I was told you'll know you'll pretty much know when you're injured because it it will really hurt, and you will not you will not want to even put any pressure on it or run or anything like that. And sometimes adrenaline can kind of kind of keep you going right, as well. Right. Yeah. That, and I've had I've had twisted my ankle at like two miles to go. And I was like, well, I've only got two miles to go. And that adrenaline, <laughs> that adrenaline that you're almost done will carry you. Yeah. Carry you on. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, kind of carrying on, 
running, walking, um, you know, run across Georgia. Again, I mentioned 277.2 miles. This was Memorial Day weekend week. Um, and um, your stats were uh, your total distance actually ended up being almost 283 miles. Your moving time was 110 minutes. Calories burned more than 34,000. So that's that's a bonus for uh, <laughs> try to try to eat that much food, right? And then your elevation gain was uh, more than 11,500 feet. I mean, this is uh, you know on the roads. There's there's police are not shutting down these roads. You're running with traffic against traffic. You are um, going uh, up and down some hills in like Nowheresville, Georgia. I know I've, I've captained a team twice where we've gone from Savannah back to Columbus, and um, it's uh, it can be pretty treacherous. And Memorial Day weekend can be really hot. I think the weather this time around was we were, you were very fortunate. I think it wasn't as bad as it can be. But uh, tell me about. Um, I know that you had made an attempt. I think a year or two before that was not successful. So tell me about what was the the motivation, but why do something like this? Because you're, you're not getting paid for it, you know, but it's something for you to achieve, right? I really, years ago, I, I did my first team relay for a run across Georgia. And, you know, I didn't really know what it was. And I know people did it solo. And so, you know, seeing them, I was like, well, you know, maybe one day I could do it. And then Went to the back, you know, just put it in the back of my mind. And then over the years, started doing longer distances and thought, you know, maybe maybe I could do it. So I attempted it, um, failed drastic. They say fail big. I failed big right off the bat. And You made it how many miles? 30, 35 miles. Okay. And so I was dehydrated. Um, my muscles were locking up on me. And I'm couldn't keep anything down for a little while. So I was, it, I went home and thought about it for 24 hours. I was like, give yourself 24 hours, figure out what you did wrong. So I had a doctor's appointment for my blood work because I have, I have high, high, high cholesterol, run all these miles, but still have high cholesterol. And so I asked her and she, she told me, she said, you know, she goes, you gotta look at your diet. She goes, you look at, just sit back, you've gotta eat more. She goes, because if from your blood work, she goes, I can, you know, I can tell certain things that you're a little anemic, so you need to probably eat more. Um, she goes, you can't diet and, and train at the same time. She goes, you, you have to eat, get as many calories as you can, keep your calories up so you can have energy to, to actually train. So I went back and skipped the next year. And, you know, seeing people cross the finish line that year, I was like, okay, we're going to do this next year. Yeah, like Sasha, we've had her, we had her on the podcast a year ago, a, a, a local mom who, man, she, uh, she was pretty spent. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> as anybody would be at the end of that finish line, you know? Yeah, seeing her at the finish line, I knew that you, you had to put everything in you. So, I mean, it, it would take everything inside you did to get across that finish line. And so I said, you got to be prepared to just put it, put it all out there. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, you have the coach, and so the training was this. I mean, I mean, you've you've done plenty of ultras. What's the long longest race you've done before this? One hundred and ten miles. Okay, so hundred. So you're used to the. Di I mean, this that's almost half the distance of running across Georgia. You've done these long distances. You're used to kind of running a lot during the week. So was this a different kind of training in terms of how, like, the mileage or anything else different? The mileage was definitely more on the weekends. Weekdays mileage is about the same. Same. But weekends, it was 
20, 30 miles. But then what really changes is you run that 20 or 30 miles on Saturday and then Sunday you have to get up and run 10 miles. And that's to get you used to running on tired legs, being sore, and it helps with your recovery, to your body to you know learn to recover faster. But I'm not the best train training person, <laughs> so the the way we did it was I would I would go to races. So went to Mount Chiha, which is a 50k. Um, went to the bootlegger, which was a hundred miler, and made it to mile 80 of that. And I wasn't going to make the cutoff for the 90 miles. So, but I felt really good coming out of that race. So then. I did, we did the Great Southern Endurance Run from Kennesaw Mountain to Stone Mountain, mm. which is 60 something miles. And that's when I felt after that race, I was like, okay, I, I can still go more miles. You know, if I just sat down for five or 10 minutes, I could get back up and still go more miles. Mentally, I was spent because it's all day going through Atlanta, getting rained on. The sun was out, you know, so it was 90 degrees at one point, and then it's raining and cold. 10 minutes later. So, but I felt really good coming out of that race. Yeah. And you, um, you know, there were, um, the five or six starters for the solo run across Georgia. There were, there were a few teams, there were some cyclists as well. Um, and they were, ended up being three finishers. Two of you guys finished kind of within the time parameter, but you were first place. So first place solo runner. Um, was there a, a strategy going in because you're starting early in the morning, I think, is this on a Wednesday? I it believe? was a Wednesday morning. Yeah, and so you have until Sunday kind of dinner time uh, to finish in, on Broadway and downtown. So was there a strategy, okay, I'm going to try to get so this many miles per day or try to get this much sleep or, or food per day? So we, we had a strategy on, on miles. We knew we needed to do 55 to 60 miles a day. But beyond that, we had zero strategy. So, because the last time I, I overthought everything, you know, I was like, I was in my own head. I was like, okay, worried about this, worried about that. So I was like, we'll just go until it gets hot and then we'll figure out, do I need to sleep? Do I? So we got on a, we got on a routine of around 1 o'clock, go to sleep till like five and then get up and start going again and just go all the way through the night until you either hit your goal for the day or you just can't go anymore. And there were a couple times where I thought, I just can't, I can't go any more miles. But my crew, Jennifer was, at the time, it was just her and I, and we were in a parking lot, and I was like, I've got to sleep. She's like, you've got to go four more miles. So luckily for me, she made that call because traffic was starting to pick up, and I was on a road that had no shoulder whatsoever. I was having to walk in the grass for those four miles. And so once I got through there, slept, felt a lot better, and then same thing, where you go to one thirty, two o'clock when it starts getting hot, and then you sleep for a couple hours. Yeah, and you're sleeping in the back of a truck pickup? In the back of a truck, which, which turned out to be a stroke of luck because I couldn't stretch out and I had to put my feet up. So when you put your feet up, it takes, you know, all the blood and swelling starts to go away. Yeah. And my feet felt 100, 100% better. Yeah. So you're sleeping and having your feet elevated, which is two good things right. at one time. Yeah. The only, the only bad part was that um, 
I don't, I don't know why my legs would do this, but I'd put my legs up and my legs would just twitch. And so I was like, I'm just gonna have to deal with it. You yeah. know, I'm just, I, cause I was like, I've got to have my feet up cause they feel so much better now that they're up in the air. But I was like, my le- I'm just have to let my legs twitch. I can't move. I can't roll over or anything like that. So yeah. Was there, um, you know, was it mostly running? Cause I know I was, uh, I kind of caught up with you on the last day you had about 20 miles to go or less and I walked a mile with you and but you had people with you that were walking so were you uh jogging running most of the first half or when did like uh were you kind of then you got to be where you were just all walking at some point so um the first day and a half I was running um I would you have to play games with yourself when you're out there because Jennifer was crewing me but she couldn't really run with me all the time. So for the first 90, 98 miles of the race, I was I was basically out there by myself. And so you would play this, we're gonna run to that stop sign, or we're gonna run the last quarter of this mile. And I was a little, I think, too conservative at times with, okay, I'm only gonna run this far, and then I'm gonna walk. But it was going good. So I was like, let's not change anything. And then got to Vidalia and Blake and Lisa Beasley, who you know, they came out to crew and Blake got the worst of it because we were in the middle of a city with no sidewalk for three or four miles. And that was all walking. But after that, it was, it was the same thing. It was for another day. It was like, let's run to that stop sign. Let's run to that sign or let's run downhill. But then I got to the point where it was a lot, a lot of walking. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about mental toughness a little bit later in this conversation. But wh- what's that like for you? I mean, you physically know, okay, this is 277 plus miles. And it's, it's uh, at times it's going to be pretty hot out here. These are, this is pavement. So it's not the trails. But um, for, for but, so you know, kind of that, okay, this is physically what I'm up against. But mentally, were you, were, were there times when you were like, I don't, think I can continue or I'm just really tired there was twice the one I mentioned where I was just tired and I had to go and then it was the last was it the last night it was the last night um I was coming into I think it was Ellaville and I was like I can't go anymore and I was I sat down I'm like I've got to sleep and my crew was like we're getting out of here and what I didn't realize is there was a party going on across the street and they're like you know it, it's getting a little rowdy over there so we've we've really we got to get out of here so i was like okay how many more miles and they were like six more miles let's say six more miles so benji mitchum i don't know if you know him yeah he was he was running with me at the time and so i was i was sitting there i'm like i cannot go but he's like come on let, let's let's go so we got him started walking we started talking and just taking your mind off of it for any amount of time, I sort of got like refreshed. So I get to the next transition point where the crew was and they're like, we're going to bed. I'm like, no, no, I think I think I can go. I think I can make it all the way to Buena Vista, you know, before I sleep. And they're like, no, we're going to sleep now. Because <laughs> they were tired, they had been up, you know, it's, it's harder on the crew yeah. a lot of times than it is the runner because all I've got to do is eat, sleep and move. They've got to figure out, okay, you know, logistics, where where can we meet him? Do we have enough food? Do we need to get drinks? Do we need to motivate him? Do we need to motivate him? And um, one, one, of the, one of the issues I was having 
and a lot of people I think have it is if you tell me it's 6.1 miles to the next transition, it better be 6.1 <laughs> miles. And I started, it, the more the, the more tired I got, the more it was like, you said it was 6.1. So they would start telling me it's 6.3. If it was 6.1, they'd tell me it's 6.3 or 6.4. They would overshoot it just so I'd be like, okay, oh look, we made it under the, under the, and I knew, I knew in my head, I'm like, they're lying to me. Bet, yeah, better to tell you the worst better case. Better tell me the worst case. And, <laughs> and But it helped, you know, yeah. it helped. And um, so uh, at one, at what point did you feel like, okay, this is definitely something I'm going to accomplish or I'm even going to win this race? Was there a, uh, like a time? Because I know there was another guy who was out there with you and he might have been just a, a couple of um, – these are – run across Georgia split up into legs. I believe it's like give or take 50. And each of these legs are three to six miles mostly. Um, and so he's several segments behind you. But did you – I mean, were you talking to – other runners out there or did you know what was going on with who was behind you i knew i knew who was behind me and i knew exactly where he was um i didn't feel like i had like you know there was there was always doubt but then i got to buena vista and we're on the town square and i knew the route from there on out i was like i know every hill from between here i know you know 280 i know the river walk so and I hadn't been running much or if at all at that point. And so Lisa was pacing me at the time and we took off and I'm like, look, we're gonna try something. And so the first downhill, I ran it. And I was like, that felt pretty good. So we would walk the uphills and run run the downhills. And it was the same thing, let's run to the bridge or let's run to that sign. And so we did that until about, I think I had two miles before I got to, to the highway 280. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm done running for a while. And then <laughs> we hit 280 and there's no shoulder. Uh, it's rumble strips, the rumble strips all the way down. It's hard to run on it. And at that point I knew the guy behind me was, he was making up time. And so I had a six mile leg and he, he was catching up faster. And then I realized, okay, I just did a six mile leg. He did a four mile leg. He has still got to go the same distance. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I had, I just, I just expected him to pass me at any second. That's, that was what was going through my head. And, you know, the crew's like, don't worry about that. Don't, you know, I'm like, it's motivating me, you yeah. know, I, to keep going, to try to walk, to walk as fast as I can. And then when I hit the river walk, I was like, now I know he's just going to pass me. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on Broadway and he's going to come sprinting past me. But at that point, I pretty much knew he was, he was probably like 10, 15 miles behind. Yeah, and he may not even known he was helping to push you yeah. kind of along, you know, in a in kind of a subtle or a subconscious way. And, you know, your equipment is also important, too. Obviously, you know, um, you don't need like a lot of clothes on when you're running, you know, when it's, uh, you know, 70 to, to 80 degrees out there. Um, but, uh, the, the shoes are, are a big deal. Um, and, um, I, you know, people don't think about that sometimes they think, Oh, well, you just have a nice pair of shoes and it'll last you the whole way. But there's kind of an art to that. Cause I think that Kina, who was the race director and your coach, um, and is there like a little where they have to like put a, um, cause I saw, I've seen some people have literally cut the front of their shoes off, but do you have like a, was there like a technique where it, do you have to open the shoes up because your feet are swelling? So, um, we got to Yoder's restaurant and I was sleeping and Keenan was there and my, my feet were blistering. So 
earlier, like a day earlier, um, we had to do surgery on my blisters in the parking lot of a Walmart. So Jennifer, I was like, have you ever done this before? And she's like, not, not really. <laughs> I was like, well, I cannot even feel you touching the blister. So she popped them, drained them, we wrapped it up. No and, pain. No, no pain whatsoever. And um, got to Yoder's, I woke up and uh, Keena's like, can I cut your shoe? And I've done that in the past for trail races because my feet would swell. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead, you know, cut the shoe. And so she cut the, a lot of people cut the toes out. She just cut the side because it was my little, it was my pinky toe. So she cut the side and released some of the pressure from it. Um, drained, drained all my blisters at that point in time. And off I, off I went. Never, never felt any blisters or anything until I got to the finish line and took my shoes off and had a huge blood blister on my little toe, but. Wow. Yeah, and that's one of the things as you run over time, you learn all the tricks of the trade, you know, loosening your lace, taking the laces out of your shoe. I've done that before because my feet were so swollen that I couldn't really even get them in the shoe. Yeah, I saw you at the end uh, when you, you know, you took off at the finish line, you took off your, your shoes and you had this big, they said it looked like this big life sa- lifesaver uh, at the at the top of one of your toes, like this big, like a uh, red caterpillar was, I mean, was, is it very painful when you're out there just no. walking, running? I could feel like, um, I could feel it rubbing, but I, I like, you could, you could touch it. I could not feel when she, when she finally popped it and drained it, I did not feel the needle going in or anything like that. Wow. And they were, they had already told me that like your, um, your toenail has come off. But it's just, but the skin on the toe, you know, they're like the blisters holding it yeah. in spots. Wow. It's a, it's a protective mechanism, I guess. Yeah. All right. So like fast forward now. Okay. You know, this was two years after your first attempt, which was, like you said, failing big. You made it, you know, 35 miles, but, um, you know, just about, you know, 15% of, of the, of the race. Now you are coming down Broadway, downtown Columbus, you know, with your crew with you that's helped you out along the course of those four or five days, um, about to cross the finish line, what were the emotions for you? It was, I mean, it, it, I felt relief. Right. You know, I mean, I'm like, I've done it. Um, even even when I was on a team, I had points to where, like, I didn't sleep very well when I was on a team or I didn't, I, I didn't eat a whole lot because earlier in my running, running I, I would not eat because I was afraid, oh, I'll have stomach issues. So leading up to this year, I was like, I'm going to eat 10 minutes before I go run. We'll see how it works. And so I, I, I realized, you know, you can eat. You got to eat. You got to have something on your stomach. So I, I practiced that. But it, it was just a relief of, you know, making up for, you know, the failed attempt and wanting just to sit <laughs> to sit down. And <laughs> just like no more moving. Yeah, no more. I just I'm like, I just want to I just want to sit down and, and eat something. But it was it was really it was a weight off my shoulders. Yeah. I bet, and, and, and a huge accomplishment. And you know, uh, some of the 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 women you mentioned that were part of your crew, Jennifer Davis and Lisa Beasley, they're there at the finish line too, and they're like in tears. They're emotional <laughs> because for them, I mean, they're part of the team effort to get you. The, what, what's that like to have those you know those friends or family or coach or whoever it is that's with you, and they're kind of taking the journey with you, and they're helping you uh, kind of meet that ultimate goal. Well, I told I told Jennifer before we started. I said, 
when when I cross finish line, that's us. We did it. Yeah. If I fail, it's all on me. Yeah. I said it's me failing, not. You didn't fail, I failed. Yeah. I was like, unless you run me over with the truck or <laughs> something like that, I said, you know, nothing you did caused the failure. Right. You're, so, only, you're only helping me. Right. And I told, I, told, I told them, I was like, look, I said, this is 99% you guys and 1% me. I said, because you're keeping me going. Um, you know, Blake and Lisa and James Adams came out and ran with me just having someone there and I felt bad because a lot of times I wasn't talking or doing anything. I was just walking. I was just behind them. We would run. I just jog behind them or, you know, I was just zoned out. And at one point I told Lisa, I'm like, I'm glad you're looking for traffic because I'm not, I'm not, I was like, I'm totally at this, this point in time I'm checked out. I'm just moving. And, yeah. you know, were you were you having hallucinations at some point, like no, 150 miles in? Or? No, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get lucky to have hallucinations. Um, <laughs> the the one problem about being out there by yourself is you get a lot of time to think, and even if you're listening to music, your mind wanders, and especially if you're out on a country road and I and pitch black at some point. Pitch points. black with just a headlamp. I couldn't tell you where I had no idea where I was. I couldn't tell. I couldn't have told you where I was in the state of Georgia at that time. And you're just walking along or running along. It's almost like a, a like a you out of body experience, right? And and you you solve all your you can solve all your problems <laughs> by doing that. And one spot, one time, one point, I should say, uh, Blake and I were coming out of Hawkinsville, and there are no street lights. And so all you've got your headlamps. And our headlamps started dying at that point in time until we could get new ones. But you just it was it was cool. It was you know it was getting cold and everything, but you could just see the stars, and so you're just walking along looking at the stars, seeing deer, seeing, and, and that that really helped because it take your mind off of, hey, my left foot really really hurts, or I've still got eighty something miles to go. Yeah. So. And you know, looking back on it, um, is it something that you know that now that you've had kind of a um, several weeks, a month to kind of digest it? Anything you know that kind of stands out to you? But like, okay, that was really you know a lot tougher than I expected, or um, I'm I'm glad to kind of check that off the bucket list. Um, I had more fun than I thought I would have. Um, it you know you get to see George in a different. You, know, you get to see the world in a different way when you're when you're running and walking for hours on end and stuff you don't see if you're you know driving along or anything something like that. But um, it was it definitely hurt a lot more than I thought it would. It was a different kind. I thought my legs would hurt. My legs never hurt. My feet just just hurt. But it got to a point where you're like it's not hurting anymore. I mean it, it hurts, but it's not getting any worse. But then looking back, I told Keena, asked me, she's like, well, you think you'll do it again? I was like, yeah. And my crew's like, no, we're not. We are not doing this again. <laughs> Find some other friends. Yeah, right? I, was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, now that I know, you know, that what to do. And I was like, I, it's, it's very doable. And I said, I, I learned a lot and, you know, got to, got to see parts of Georgia I'd never seen before in my yeah, life. Yeah. And, you know, um, you were talking to me um, off mic about how you enjoy 
the the mental toughness side of fitness. And, uh, and maybe as we've gotten older and wiser and we, we like to learn stuff and not just, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, just doing something, but we like to learn, okay, well, how does the body work or how does this happen or, or how do we, how can we get to a place where it's like mind over matter? You hear that phrase all the time. But, um, so for you, have you, what have you learned about the mental toughness and about, you know, uh, being able to maybe push through and do things that you, you know, didn't think you could do? Um, I learned it all start. It, it all starts with consistency. Just in your training, there were days that you just don't want to get out of bed. And there were days that I would, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go run today. And then after a while, I'd be like, well, you know, I need to get up, I need to train. I got this coming up. I've got these people crewing me, depending on me. So I got into a rhythm, and even on days when it would rain, I'd still get out of bed. I'm like, let's just let's keep keep this consistency, keep this routine. And while I was out there, or even during training, you you build the mental toughness because your feet are going to hurt, your legs are going to hurt, and you experience that in training, and you're like, okay, you know, I've I've done this for done this for ten miles, I can do it for two more. And being out there, I used to I used to run alone a lot, and just being out there alone, and I'd like you know just okay, I'm the only person I got to depend on, you know if something happens, what do I do? Or you know just I got to push on. There's no there's no one here to help me. There's no one going to come get you. You just you just got to keep pushing on, and that's part of the mental buildup is especially if we run across Georgia, it's like. I got to keep going. I just got to keep moving. And people that I talked to that have done it in the past, and they're like, "It's just keep moving. It's gonna hurt. You're gonna have issues. Just solve the issues. Deal with the pain, but just keep moving." Yeah. And is that uh, you know to, to to when your mind is kind of when your or mind or body are screaming that like okay we just let's just so sit down and let's like not move anymore let's you know uh, how do you kind of push through that um when you know because sometimes it's obviously you have injury but sometimes it's just a matter of you just like um you know don't think you have anything left but then you do have more left right that's where your crew comes in handy because i mean that's where they're your savior because they they'll put pick you up out of the chair and point you in the direction and say you know go and you don't you don't want to let them down and you know so you're you're like i i just got to put feet forward and what i learned was my feet would hurt really bad for about you know 100 yards but then it would get back to okay it's bearable you know the pain's gone down a little bit as i've moved as i've got the blood flowing and just i'd say how far do i have to go yeah and the other other thing they did was they would and this, this really helps mentally, is they would not go, if it was six miles, they would not go six miles down the road. They would go two miles down the road. And it was, you know, to check on me, to make sure everything was okay, but mentally you're like, oh, there's my crew. Yeah. And now they'll, they'll be like, we'll be two miles down the road. So instead of six miles, now you're just going two miles, two miles, two miles. And you get to see somebody you know, you're not just staring at empty highway, dodging cars and familiarity familiarity yeah and you're obviously i mean whether it be a 5k for some folks or or a marathon 
or something like you know 100 mile or run across Georgia hydration I mean you you're having to you want to make sure to, to keep hydrated too because there's you know uh, it's it's um, you, you almost can't especially in the heat and the, that distance you almost can't take in you know too much liquid right or maybe you can <laughs> I, I, I actually did I took in too much sodium um, what I was doing was I would have one one of my water bottles was filled with hydration it was liquid IV and then the other one was plain water and so I would I didn't want to overdo it on the liquid IV so I was switching back and forth and I overdid it on the liquid IV and my ankles started swelling I, I told my crew I'm like my ankles are itching I don't know what's going on and so I looked down and they're like three four times the size they should have been and so they made the call they're like we're taking you off the liquid IV you're going plain water because I was also eating Rice Krispie treats like they were going out of style and I was eating um, we called them uh, ham and cheese or turkey and cheese tacos it was you know a roll of ham and cheese inside of a tortilla and I was like well that's got a lot of sodium in it and then I was drinking ginger ale every time I could and that had sodium in it and Monster Energy. I know a lot of people are like, you know, don't do energy drinks, but I was I wasn't drinking like one every time. I drink like a couple sips because I needed the sugar from it, and it's loaded, just loaded with sugar. Yeah. But my as soon as they took me off the liquid IV for a while, my ankles went back down, and they're like, okay, you need to drink more water. You know, just hydrate with water and food, and stay off the sodium for a little yeah. while. So the, the real lesson here is if you like sugar, <laughs> like Rice Krispie treats or tacos and want to eat as much of that as you want, then just, you know, do some uh, long distance running and then you can get away with that, right? Because you, you need it. It's fuel instead of, you know, something that's going to hurt you. Right? And I, I couldn't, like you said, I could not eat enough to keep up with the calories I was burning. I actually lost about seven pounds while I was out there. And I thought, thought it was all water weight, which comes back, you know, you take one sip of water and boom, seven pounds are back. But they, it stayed off, and I was like, well, maybe, I, maybe you know, I just lost that weight from, from doing it. So it's a great weight, weight <laughs> loss thing. <laughs> That's right. If you'd like to run across Georgia, yeah. <laughs> call 1-800, you know. Um, and uh, you were talking about how you used to run a lot solo. And, and when I was a newer runner, that was the same thing I did. But then you meet, um, you know, we have a great running community here in the Columbus, Georgia area. And, uh, I mean, there's running communities, I mean, throughout the United States. So, I mean, wherever you live, I'm sure there's a group that you can get hooked up with to run. And, you know, hopefully it's a group that is, you know, they don't judge you. They may, some, you know, can go three miles or can go 20 miles and they can go, you know, some can go seven minute pace or 10 minute pace or whatever. And you can find your niche. So how important is that to have? Because I know, um, you know, you and Jennifer and Lisa and Blake and the whole crew. Uh, what's the name of the, the running group? The Fountain or, City Runners. Fountain City Runners. OK, so you guys, I know and we'll show up and let's like an army showing up to a race <laughs> like like seven or eight people. Um, um, so, I mean, what, how important is that to, to find people, like-minded folks, and maybe you come from different walks of life, and you kind of connect through this love and um, kind of the consistency of running? It's, it's very important. It's, it's what keeps you going. Running, running by myself, it, it was hard to get motivated. But when you're going to meet a group of people, or you're going to meet somebody to go run, you, you feel compelled, okay, I you know, I got to get ready. I got to go. You know, somebody's waiting on me. And then you get out there and you start talking and, and you're three miles, you know, it's over. 
you know, you're, you're done. And then, you know, it's like, well, you know, let's run Tuesday. You start, you start making plans. And they're very, the community around here is very supportive because even if, you know, if you can't run a seven minute mile, it, no one cares. It's like, you know, you're out here running. So let's, and then we'll, we'll meet you at the end. We'll be there at the finish. You know, if they're, if they're faster than you, they'll, they'll wait around and, you know, go have a beer or whatever after, after you're done running. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still waiting for, we have to run a marathon together sometime. <laughs> I don't know if you, you, I know you like the trails more than the roads. You're probably real tired of the pavement now after doing that for four or five days. Running across Georgia, maybe? <laughs> no, not really. Um, it, it, like I said, I had a lot more fun than I thought I, I thought it would have. Even though, even though it hurt, but you know, just being out there, and you know, your crew, your crew's with you, and you know, you're you're seeing things that you never thought you would see. You're, um, you know, I mean, we had fun, we laughed, and the times I felt like crying, but we we laughed a lot and. Everything. It's so. a laugh to keep from crying, probably. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> now that you've completed Run Across Georgia, I mean, great accomplishment. First time and you first place, and maybe do it again, maybe not. You know, we'll see without with a different crew, perhaps. But uh, what's what's the next goal? I, I know that you. I think you wrote on your. You know, you were the runner of the month for Columbus Road Runners, and that you wanted to hit a certain time for a 5K or do something at Pinhoti. Tell me about. Uh, I mean, do you have some new goals now? I'd like to run a 5K in under 20 minutes. I haven't done that since I was 19 years old. But that when I when I told Kena, I was like, "That's what I want to do." She's like, "That's going to be harder training than your run across Georgia training was." She goes, "Because it's it's fast and it's going to hurt, and you know you're 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 just going to have to push yourself really really hard." Because run across Georgia training, you hit a hill, you start walking. And they, they'll all, you know, everybody that's done it is like, if you, if you run the hills, you won't make it, you know, you won't make it back to Columbus. So you walk the hills, the 5k under 20 minute training, that's just all out speed, which I'm having to work back up to. Yeah. And is that, do you find that, you know, running, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're not, you know, um, not like a super young or not super old. You're kind of in middle age, just like I am. Uh, do you find running faster is, is tougher now? You know, I mean, maybe compared to when you were you know, running a little bit in high it, school. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tougher now, even than when I was like 40. So I was, it, it's like your legs just don't want to go. Plus you get older, you put on more weight. And so I'm like, you can't really train, lose weight. So I'm, I'm kind of in between training. So now I'm like, okay, if I can lose like five or six pounds, I'll be f- faster, you know, when I come back. But yeah, it, the older you get, the, uh, the, the faster the young kids seem to get. You know? And when I say young kids, I'm like 30-year-olds. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, there's age group, and you can, you know, kind of compete with other people in their 50s. Um, and then now after doing these 277 miles, um, you know, uh, does do you still want to do, you know, these – 50 mile, 100 mile races, is that something that like, okay, do things that you haven't done before? Now that you've kind of done this epic uh, event, do you feel like, okay, I, I want to step up my game on the on the trails or? Yeah, I'd like to do more 100 milers on trails. Trails are a different story. Um, there's a lot more, lot, lot more elevation gain because a lot of them are in North Georgia. You're running up the side of mountains and you there's a whole new set of you know, 
a bear could step out on the trail or I've had snakes in the middle of the trail, stuff like that. But it's just, it's a different kind of, it, it's a different kind of challenge. So I'd really like to do more, more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Kevin, I uh, appreciate uh, Kevin. She, thank you so much for uh, stopping by and kind of uh, telling your stories, the good, bad, and the ugly of <laughs> running across Georgia and uh, congratulations on that. We wish you uh, the very best and yeah, a great advice for folks too, that are, you know, kind of newer to running and, and kind of making sure, you know, find folks that, that enjoy running alongside you and, and, uh, and pushing through even when you, you know, don't want to and, and having, like you said, that accountability around you to be able to do it. And uh, so appreciate you coming in and uh, we'll uh, we'll go out and run together soon. All right. Cool. Cool. I really appreciate Kevin sitting down with me. In fact, uh, I think after our conversation, which I recorded um, last week, he got second place in his age group at a local triathlon. So uh, still out there racing and running and uh, biking or whatever else and trying to keep moving, uh, even though he's not 100% recovered from a run across Georgia. And uh, I think I made I said 110 minutes moving. It's actually 110 hours moving over the course of those five days that he did run across Georgia, led by his coach from Project 42 Running, Kenny Yutz, who was uh, one of my first guests about three years ago here on the Run the Race podcast. And, you know, it's not always about just finishing the task or getting first place or whatever. Sometimes it's just, you know, trying your effort. I used to have a sign-up uh, where uh, as, a, as a student, as a, a young man in my 20s, I had a sign-up that said, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it. And so just think about that. Um, and, you know, one of the uh, gentlemen, a young men who I know, who uh, has been a previous podcast guest as well, who tried this task of solo run across Georgia but did not complete it, uh, is Nathan Harmon. And he made it 163 miles, so about 110 miles short. Uh, he didn't finish, but he says he learned a lot. And this is a young soldier who is uh, dedicated his life to the Lord. And this is these are the four things that he wrote on Facebook, on social media, that God revealed to him through the solo effort of running across Georgia. He says, number one, movement is movement. Number two, there is beauty in the pain. Three, wisdom teaches us from our mess-ups on how to maneuver future obstacles. So good. And then number four, our pain has no power over God's strength. God says, keep your head up and keep moving forward. Some great advice there. And, and he says, you know, so why, why, why would I run 277 miles? He says he felt close to Christ each and every step. And failure is just an opportunity to say live learn and move forward. And then he posted a, 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 a scripture, and I'm going to read it to you. This is Acts 20, 24. It says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So it's a, you know, he says finishing the work. So it's not just finishing the race. It's just continuing to do the work. And that's not going to stop. You know, we're going to continue all the way that we're here on earth. And uh, I've talked to other folks about this uh, grand race run across Georgia in the past. So if you'd like to listen to some previous episodes, uh, you know, Kevin and I talked about uh, last year's finisher, uh, Sasha Hathaway, a local mom who uh, ran those 277 miles from uh, Tybee Island um, and near Savannah all the way back to Columbus. And she uh, that was episode 111. That's easy to remember. She also works at the local running store, has some advice on gear you can get or not get. 
And then uh, right before that, episode 109, I had Billy Holbrook from Mercy Med about the medical mission raising money for Run Across Georgia. And then before that, episode 65 with Susan Wood talking about how Run Across Georgia uh, helps them restore houses for heroes. So those are the two beneficiaries and things that the uh, places that I'm passionate about, organizations, House of Heroes. What they do is they do refurbishments of houses for uh, uh, widows of military heroes or for veterans or public safety vets. And um, they, they do a, a great job here in the Chattahoochee Valley, West Georgia, East Alabama. And then the other one is Mercy Med. They are a nonprofit, faith-based, uh, where they help those that are underinsured or uninsured get uh, medical needs they get met. And uh, they're they, in the South Columbus area here. And then my last one to tell you about in terms of a previous episode, and again, this was about two and a half, three years ago, uh, the legendary around here, John Teeples, who uh, led Run Across Georgia for 10 years as the race director and actually ran it solo. So ran the whole 262 miles it was at that point from Savannah to Columbus, ran that solo 10 years in a row, all 10 years that he was a race director. So pretty amazing. I know he did it every time in about four days or so and uh, has some great advice. And you want to hear that conversation and the others as well. And and um, so, uh, you know, Kevin, you know, applause for you. Great job finishing the uh, 280 miles across the Peach State. Uh, maybe one day I'll try something crazy like that, uh, maybe after I finish my 50-state marathon journey. Closing this episode now in prayer, dear God, uh, just thank you for uh, the ability for our bodies to do just amazing things beyond our wildest imaginations that uh, we they work at it. And Lord God, that we work to to serve you and to, to, to finish that journey and to continue to give you the glory and to, to hold our head up high no matter what happens. Win, lose, or draw, we know that, Lord God, that you are there and that your strength uh, gives us the power to, to, to move forward and to do things that we couldn't think we can do, and that you continue to give us wisdom to, to give you glory as we do these feats of, of physically, mentally, and spiritually, that the Lord God, that you you help us through each and every one of those, and that we, uh, we thank you for the opportunities to do those things and to uh, thank you for the blessings you pour upon us and the strength you give us to keep on moving on. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much again for listening to Run the Race. I'm going to try to do a kind of a one-off episode coming up soon. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, streaks, uh, not running around naked, but uh, running streaks and Bible streaks. So uh, I've had a more than two-year streak where I run at least a mile every day, and now I'm uh, started over and I'm at more than a year now. And I also want to be committed to more consistently reading the Word, reading the, my Bible. And so that streak right now is a little more than a week long, but uh, I am uh, dedicated to try to do that every single day. Make that a habit, make that a priority to do both those things, running and reading. The, the, all the R's, we're going to get them all in there. So uh, I'll hopefully uh, be talking about that very, very soon. And so uh, until next time, you guys be safe and uh, happy 4th of July early as we celebrate America and celebrate this great nation. Good night.